0: Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Dwayne's World brought to you by Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. You can find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Let's talk some footy because there's a bit of footy to be talked about, even though there's a lot lot being played at the moment. But Joe Bridie has been good enough to join me from the Fremantle. Dockers to talk some Fremantle and footy overall, given there's some changes to, well, not necessarily rules, but interpretations. Fremantle General Manager of Football is on the line. Joe, thanks for joining me. Great to have you on.
1: Thanks, Wayne. Always good to have a chat with the listeners on the East Coast.
0: How's the list looking uh, in anticipation of what's going to be a pretty hot opening to the season?
1: It is going to be a hot opening. It's actually pretty hot over here at the moment. <laughs> We've got a match in tomorrow. It's uh, 41 degrees for the boys, so it's uh, we'll bring that session forward and do it quite early in the morning. In terms of the list and the health, it's it's in a pretty good place at the moment. Probably got three or four guys that will miss uh, that match in tomorrow. We'll do about 100
0: minutes of footy, so... Uh, across the board, yeah,
1: been a very warm summer over in WA, but uh been really pleased with how the boys are going about it and the availability of having the track.
0: So who's definitely out for tomorrow?
1: Uh, so at the moment, uh, Brennan Cox, uh, Wagner, a uh, young fellow on Angie, Conrad Williams, and-, and Brandon Walker will miss uh, the match sim. Outside of that, everyone else uh, at a minimum will get 50 minutes in or we'll do the full session.
0: I got to Do you read the media guide at all? That gets well. Everyone's got the media guide in the media because it's the media guide. But the AFL's official season guide. I don't know if you saw the opening paragraph to it this year. Did you?
1: I haven't had a chance to read it. I'll be honest with yeah. you, John.
0: Let me just read from it, and you can give me your reaction because the the theory is, or well, the persona is, that your footy club's under pressure, and you you wasted an opportunity last year. But the media guide kind of emphasised it. The opening paragraph is. Fremantle made it onto the podium last year for one of the most disappointing teams. Uh, And uh, again, it says, as the losses mounted, Fremantle was criticised for a stodgy game plan and an apparent unwillingness to take the game on and play with speed. And it wasn't great at the contest. I mean, that's the official guide. So it's not just an opinion. it's, It's the opinion that comes from the AFL's main opinion piece. What do you make of your season last year before we talk about this year?
1: Yeah, look, it was inconsistent, that's for sure. And and we weren't happy with and pretty disappointed with the way that parts of the season went on. I think we had, um, obviously, different moments. Our last six weeks of the year, we were happy with in terms of the type of footy we were playing and competing against some pretty strong clubs. And then there were moments throughout the year where we played the brand of footy we'd love to see, obviously, uh, wins against Geelong and Sydney Swans and Melbourne and teams of the contenders throughout the year. Uh, but then we had lapses uh, and had some really inconsistent footy in the way we applied our method. Um, so, look, to be honest, the, the opinions that have been written on, on 2023 I'll leave to other people to write them I guess it's for us in terms of focusing on the areas that we need to improve And get better with this young group that we think can take us forward And uh, with that comes um, continuity Obviously, we've got some younger fillers that are starting to have an impact up forward and in the midfield and, and the key areas of the game, which we want to work on Contest is a big part of that Um, people have talked about our ball movement and obviously speed on the ball and the way we want to attack from half back and and we think that our team defence has been in a pretty good place for for a few years now and I think it's one of our strengths so um, look, for us it's really about putting a body of work in and and being a consistent performer and being able to contend with the best teams across the entire year and making sure we don't have patches where we're in and out of uh, the way we want to play
0: So your intention is to play with more speed?
1: Yeah, it's something we've definitely worked on in terms of that's where we think that some of the better teams are performing. Uh, that's for sure, but ultimately it, it, it starts at the contest for us, and we feel like we've got some real competition for spots in the midfield. Um, so that's a focal point as well, and making sure obviously we we'll can control the ball in our, our forward half and um, give some of our key forwards the best possible looks they can get. So um, we think that putting that together and, and having a fit and available list to put us in a position where we're in a position we can really contest in any team we're playing against each week.
0: Your coach is under the heat. There's been articles written as well. You obviously know about the article about speculation about Luke Beveridge, but how do you stop the heat? How do you try and shield your coach from the heat other than get him re-signed, which I presume isn't going to happen in the next few weeks?
1: Uh, look, it's, it's definitely a, the modern media landscape. There's going to be stories and opinions and and different pieces written. We've seen it with coaches every year and it seems to come up consistently with three or four. Um, we can only manage our internal dialogue and the way in which Justin's gone about and applying himself and, and living in the moment. Um, from my perspective, he's been fantastic in the way that he's gone about some initiatives that were implemented across the pre-season. His engagement and connection with the playing and coaching group is really, really strong. Uh, and He's the coach that we want um, and it's in the way he's gone about it. Um, I couldn't fault him in any way possible so look we'll let the stories be written our focus at this point in time is preparing for round one against the brisbane lions um and then we'll let the rest of it play out at the right time
0: do you see him being re-signed mid-season if the body of work's good enough just like port adelaide did with ken hinckley okay he's done enough let's re-sign him now
1: yeah as i said going to, those, those are the conversations that we'll have over time i, I don't think there's at a point in time, we'll, I'll be talking about how we'll approach it. We're in constant dialogue with with Justin through Simon uh, and we'll, we'll work through how that looks uh, across this year. Um, but as I said at the start, I couldn't be happier with the way in which JL is going about his role and, and applying himself as our senior coach.
0: Different clubs have different systems, though. Chris Davies is Port Adelaide's GM of football, so he actually put a recommendation to the board mid-season last year that Ken Hinkley be re-signed. Is that your process? Will you be... Is that what your role will be at some stage this year, put a recommendation to the board?
1: Yeah, well, I work closely with our board and with Simon and work very closely with Justin. So it's, it's a group discussion where we're coming together and setting out what everything looks like uh, and the parameters in which we put in place for our season and more broadly. Um, the specific sc- discussions around Justin will come through Simon Gallic, our CEO, uh, with JL to formalise what that looks like in terms of uh, the future.
0: How often do you present to the board per year? I know you're only new in the role, but what do you expect? Are you going to be presenting to the board um, you know, on a monthly basis? How How do Fremantle do it?
1: Yeah, it doesn't really change. Um, I was obviously yeah, previously our chief operating officer, so uh, we get in front of the board probably about six to eight times a year and talk about how the business is operating. So um, that's generally how we, we approach it every couple of months to catch up and give them an overview of, of the different functions within the organisation.
0: How hard is the balance between trying to re-sign players like Liam Henry and Lockie Schultz and not paying overs for them when other teams offer them an extraordinary amount and a long deal.
1: Yeah, it's obviously part of the list management philosophy in terms of what our approach is and and making sure we can keep a group together. When we look at our group at the moment, we've got 16 players that have signed on um, beyond 2026, so there's a real strong cohort of players that um, have obviously committed to the club and are excited about the future and where we're taking this group. Uh, when you look at those individual players there's different circumstances for everyone involved Um, I think when any player leaves a club and player movement across the industry is something that the AFL obviously wants to see with those opportunities Um, and it just depends on what your conversations and priorities are Um, but also at times it also depends on the individual Um, Lockie's a player that we've obviously mentioned and would love for Lockie to stay at the club but he had obviously some personal circumstances that he was looking to get back to Victoria and something aligned and And then we obviously look at everything in its own right, um, the opportunity aligned, and from our perspective, the trade was something that was viable that we could facilitate.
0: So when Fremantle do make the eight, um, what will be the reason behind it? Will it be more of a quicker ball movement style? Will it be off the back of you know, a great all-Australian kind of season from a Luke Jackson? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you make the eight, what will it be due to? It's a weighted of numbers, to
1: be honest. Um, I think that as I've spoken about, and games into a lot of those younger players across the boards can be really important. Uh, I think that any consistent team across the year needs a weight of numbers across the field and, and really have a strong 18 contributing week in, week out. Um, and from our perspective, that's what we're really focused on. I think I've talked about our focus on, on the contest, obviously controlling the ball in the forward half and, and speed on the game and taking the risk, I think you mentioned a bit off the top, when they're there um, for our players, to play off instinct. We've got a young, an exciting group that we think can have a real impact. Um, And I think that that'll be a key for us when we look at it. A consistent year um, is making sure that, obviously, first and foremost, our availability across the board of our key players, but then secondary to that is making sure that we have a consistent number of contributors across all lines on the field.
0: Because you do have a Nat 5, you've got Nat 5, but you don't really have a Nat 5 anymore, do you? You've got the spread of players, and that's what you're going to rely on?
1: Yeah, I think that we're starting to see some of these players that are becoming in the top echelon of the competition. Uh, I think we've seen Brennan Cox announce himself in the All Australian squad. Obviously we talk about the Caleb Sarongs and Andy Brochaws in recent times and the individual successes that they've had. Um and and obviously we've seen what some of our young key forwards can do in, in Jai Miss in particular last year. So I think that we'll see those players take another step this year and hopefully we'll see a few more players coming through around the ground, but you do talk about a consistent way of numbers performance across the group, and we feel like we're starting to build a list that, that really can gel together and, and have that consistency within the contest.
0: So Nat Five himself, where and how many games, do you think?
1: Yeah, all, I one for a number on how many games he's playing. He's obviously had a few frustrating years in recent times. Um, all I can say is that he's, he's had a really, really good pre-season. Uh, he's probably had his... his Greatest availability across the pre season in terms of the load that he's done, the footy that he's engaging with, and his body feels really good. Uh, I think when we talk about these older players and, and how they feel in their own own body and their own mind and how they're going, I spoke with Matt this morning and, and he's feeling great. Um, really excited about getting into and being available for a few decent hit outs across the pre season. Uh, obviously, refocused his role um, to be solely kind of focused on, on midfield minutes and at times he'll drift forward. but uh, I think for him, that gives him the utmost clarity and, and where he can focus his time. And we know that he's a, a contested beast and a big body and he's also educating that younger group through the midfield, which I think he's really enjoying.
0: So the forward experiment is over. He's a midfielder. We've worked that out. He's a midfielder.
1: I think, <laughs> uh, I think he's really excited about that time.
0: <laughs> I'm excited about it as well. So he'll play tomorrow, midfield tomorrow. How many minutes or is it going to be locked in? He just goes and when he puts his hand up and says, I'm done, I'm done. How does it get managed tomorrow?
1: Yeah, no, we set out a plan with Nat in terms of what it looks like over the next month and leading up to, to round one and, and where there's an opportunity here or there to freshen you up, we'll look to do that. Um, but in terms of tomorrow's session, he'll he'll do it like he only would and do the full minutes. Um, and uh, and then we'll build from there. So it's it's really positive the way he's gone about his pre-season so far. So it's exciting to see him, him back up and going.
0: So two rucks, Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson in a perfect world. Uh, Luke Jackson playing as, what, a full forward ruck or a centre-half forward ruck? How's the perfect world look uh, come, well, finals time this year when you get there?
1: Yeah, I think that Jacko has shown the ability to play a variety of roles across the ground. He's obviously pretty damaging when he plays as a, as a midfielder. Uh, obviously, his ability to influence um, clearances when he's playing in the ruck, and then going forward, he's having an impact as well. His forward craft is something that he's continuing to work on. Um, so I think that hybrid forward ruck will be his focal point, and then at, at times the ability to play on ball uh, when we look at Sean, Sean's your bona fide ruckman um, and has gone forward at times and obviously having an impact around the ground as well as an outlet for us. So I think in terms of the makeup of the two of them um, rucking together, that's what it would look like for the majority of the year and there might be times, depending on the makeup of the team, uh, where that flips. Uh, but we're really excited to see both of them um, playing in the same team consistently fit and available. Um, I think... Uh, There's been commentary around it, but some of Jacko's highest rating games from last year is when he's playing with Sean um, and in the forward line. So uh, we think it's a real positive, real strength of ours to have two bona fide quality ruckmen um, playing in our team.
0: So not a lot of teams will do it, but that could be your trick if you get that to work that actually gets you to rise up the ladder?
1: Yeah, you're spot on. I think it, I think it's actually a strength to have those two playing together. Uh, obviously, look at your hybrid forward line and um, key pillars and... Jai Miss and young Josh Tracy's coming through and Matt and Tabernon alike. But then for Jacko to be able to be a forward that has that ground-level impact as well, um, flipping on ball at times and, and then giving uh, the ability to play against another backup ruckman or second ruckman in opposition teams when Shawnee's having a rest. Uh, we see that as a real asset.
0: Do you see yourself in a competition with the team down the road? Because you've got a huge opportunity, if you get it right, Joe, to... I'm not sure if you, well, I'm sure you aspire to be the number one team in the West. Do you think that's possible?
1: Yeah, look, we're in a competition with 17 other teams. We're not really focused on on West Coast. um, And they're obviously in a different phase of of their journey as well and and regenerating their list. So um, I can't say that it's something that we spend time from a football program perspective looking too much down the road. Um, We're really focused on the fact that we're in a competition with 17 other clubs that it's a bloody hard competition to compete in. Um, And and obviously we want our members and fans to have the opportunity to be back watching Climus footy. And from our perspective, we won't be satisfied
0: until we're back doing that and contending. So forty-six odd 1000 you've got as members right now?
1: Yep. Last year, our record for the club was up to 62,000. So I think at this point in time, somewhere in the mid 40s. Um, So yeah, looking to continue to build as the season progresses and, and knock over another milestone with another uh, record membership for the club. So um, we're really excited and and love the Purple Army and the way they get up about it at Optus Stadium, but also our supporters over in in Melbourne do a fantastic job in the way they go about it. And and, um, we love seeing them when we head over to, to the East.
0: And you are spot on. You are in a competition with 17 other clubs, but I've had this argument with Port Adelaide as well. There's no chance that Port Adelaide will ever become the number one team in SA unless they get some flags. And that's the only thing that is probably stopping you guys. If you if you got some flags, then the whole world could change there?
1: Oh, look, it's it's the, it's the focus. It's what we're here to do. It's, it's a strategy that we're building on, pulling the right list together over a consistent period of time and, and contending for a sustained period of time as well. It's not really about a flash in the pan moment for us. It's not. It's about continuing to build and be a successful club where we're challenging over an extended period uh, and ultimately achieving the ultimate goal is what every club's trying to do. So. Um, from our point of view as I said earlier we won't be satisfied until we've done that and the exciting thing for our members and fans is that we've got a really driven group that, that see an opportunity ahead of them to be able to achieve that with the list that we're putting together and the, the football department more broadly um, to, to lead us to where we want to get to
0: Talking to Joe Bridie, Fremantle Dockers General Manager of Football a couple of big ticket items before I let you go Joe, mid-season trade period, you are a fan?
1: Uh, Well, something that I think will come in. I think it's the way that we need to go as an AFL industry. Uh, I think that when we look at the international sports, obviously, and I talked about player movement, there's going to be desire for players in the middle of the seasons to to want to move clubs just due to opportunity. Um, And I think if those opportunities can arise, that means that we're retaining players in the competition um, because they're getting fresh chances at another club that may need it depending on injury or the way that um, their list is, is set up, I think it makes sense. So um, I would suspect that we're going to see it probably at some stage in, in 2025. Um, but uh, from our point of view, it, it does it does make sense to bring it in based on where the competition is going.
0: And Ken Hinkley mentioned earlier today on SEM Breakfast that he could see it wouldn't be too taxing on players to play a 26-game season. So to extend the season even more, play a little bit earlier, to start the season a little bit earlier, have less of pre-season set up and play even a little bit later. So it's a 26-game season. Do you think players would cope as the general manager of football? You've been around for a while. Do you think that's possible?
1: Uh, I think as long as you give us the extra three games at home, Dwayne, I think mm. that'll be pretty good. We do travel a bit over here from WA. So I think that's a balance. I think there's definitely something that we, well, we, when we look at competitive balance across the competition, if we're looking to extend and have additional games, we need to look at what's um, appropriate for the entire competition. Um, it's not something that, to be honest, has been raised at GM and footy level where we've kind of talked about it in more detail. Uh, I think as the CBA progresses, there's an opportunity for that in the future. But we would obviously need to look at as well the teams that you're playing and how we set up the fixture. So uh, I haven't had too much thought about it, but I'm sure we would be more than happy to have another three or four home games in WA.
0: Yeah, well, it, would, it would work. And I think it's a great thing that you've raised because we do need to take that into account when it comes to how much travel... You do, and more travel would make it even tougher for your players. You could also have a batch of games at home where you played three or four at home. You could have a gather round at home, which would be nice. But would it be easier if you played batches of three or four in a row at home and then was away for a couple of weeks in a row?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, gather round's kind of um, forced our hand in that sense. We stay in Adelaide when we go over and play a couple of games now. So we um, bookend uh, the gather round fixture, and this year we'll play Port Adelaide following that. So from our perspective, it's actually not the worst thing when we get away for... A block of time, it's obviously managing how many weeks that is. I think with other sports, when you look at basketball or even baseball, in a sense, when they travel interstate and get three or four games done, it's probably only over a a 10-day block, where obviously when you look at AFL football, if you were to put three games together, you're away for a period of somewhere between 16 to 21 days. So that's always a balance as well with your people. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that it's the way that our competition can go in terms of having a a couple of fixtures interstate where you you stay on um, in the future if we're looking to extend and it's a way that we look to manage uh, obviously performance implications in that space.
0: Joe, great to have you on. I really appreciate the chat. So thanks a lot for your time and good luck this year. We'll we'll see you in the finals.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Dwayne. All the best.
0: Joe Bridie joining us, the Fremantle Dockers General Manager of Football. Your thoughts on that? One 736 the open line number. If you want to jump on late, one the open line brought to us by Werabikia. The E V nine is available to test drive today at Werabikia.